Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Portland State starting off the season. Big road win. You see Santa Barbara. Vikings got it together. College basketball, man. I. I feel like there's a little more buzz this year. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe. I just feel like there's a little more buzz about Pac-12 basketball, college basketball in general. Uh, big win last night. Portland State's 2-0. Went on the road to UC Santa Barbara. Knocked out the Gauchos. 82-76 was the final. Uh, Vikings coach Chase Coburn here to talk about it. How you doing, coach? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How did it feel? How did that feel to do that? Uh, man, it was great. You know, it, it was a hostile environment last night and, uh, you know, the, that place was packed and, and, uh, to be able to beat a team that was in the NCAA tournament last year and, and, uh, supposed to win their conference was a, was a great accomplishment for us last night. So, uh, we're happy. We know we got more work to do, but, uh, to be able to get out to this 2-0 start is great. Yeah. You guys, uh, obviously a trip and a, a road win like that is a big deal and, certainly helps your confidence how different is this team this year help us get to know your team a little bit you know our team is i i feel like uh we have a lot of uh, returning guys but um you know we've got really good people that i i feel like members of our community can uh, relate to um for instance like you know one of my one of my good friends texted me last night and said uh he has two different favorite players on our team his wife has two different favorite players on the team and his son and his daughter and between the four of them, they got eight different favorite players. And um, so, you know, we're, we're a group of guys that I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, you know, so it's, it's going to be an exciting year. I uh, love that you got some great bench performance. Isaiah jo- Johnson came off the bench, gave you 12 points, eight rebounds. What does that do for you in a game like that? Yeah, I mean, our bench guys have been great. We've been uh, rotating some starters through there. and. Isaiah Johnson's gotten out to a really good start um, here in the first two games. And, and uh, you know, we're going to play a lot of guys. I think the first night at Air Force we played 12, and then last night we played 11. And, and uh, our guys are really buying into the team concept, going back to I think that people can really relate to this team because um, they're not a selfish group at all. Um, you know, they, they definitely put the team first in every way. And, and uh yeah, I mean, it's it's been exciting to be able to play that many guys and have that many people involved. We we aren't going to be a team that's going to play five guys 35 to 38 minutes. That's just not us and our, not our identity. And we're going to play a heck of a lot harder than uh, than that to be able to try and play five guys for 35 minutes. So um, they all understand and know their roles, and, and they've really stepped up here early. Give me an idea at this point of the season. I think, you know, you're seeing coaches try to figure out rotations try to find combinations um you know what are you trying to get out of these early games aside from wins i think for us i think one advantage we have is we have nine guys back from last season which um you know i take a lot of pride in especially this day day and age in college basketball where um you know people are having to bring or coaches are having to bring in almost a whole new roster every year um, we have nine guys that, that uh, wanted to come back and believed in our culture um, and the things that we're doing. They love being part of Portland State University, a part of the basketball program, a part of the athletic program. And, 
and uh, enjoy playing with each other. So we've got an advantage there, um, you know, and it's just been acclimating the, the uh, four new guys that we have and, and uh, building on everything that, that we've done over the last two years. Um, so I think for, for that, like, I, I, I'd say it's, it's just continued to build on uh, what, we've, what we've been doing. Chase Coburn, our guest, Portland State coach. Um, look, we're watching all these changes in football that are happening with realignment, NIL, all that stuff. Like, how much of your time as a coach is spent, you know, actually getting to coach versus the the new stuff and talking NIL or trying to strategize with how a Big Sky Conference team can get involved in any of that space? You know, for us, I mean, thankfully I have a great staff um, that handles a lot of the uh, outside stuff for me to allow me to be able to coach basketball. Um, you know, we, we've, we've got a tremendous staff of assistant coaches and, and um, you know, support staff that, that do a really good job. So uh, that allows me to just focus on what what I need to do when, when it comes to recruiting or coaching or scouting or whatever it might be. So, um, you know, we, we just try and narrow our focus a lot of the time and, and uh, focus on the specific guys that we're looking at recruiting and and uh, attack things that way. For people who want to see you guys, you're playing Sunday against Linfield. You're back home now, and you know you really won't get into kind of the uh, the meat of things for a little bit here. Although you know you you got a game with Cal Poly in uh, California, CSU Baptist coming up. But uh, you know, tell me about right now versus when you get into the meat of your schedule. Wh- what do you need to figure out as a coach? You know that's an interesting question. I I, I think uh, you know we've been able to get out to this fast start and been able to figure a couple things out really quickly. Um, you know, and it, and it's just I think it's just going to continue to be um, you know identifying roles for people. And because one thing as a coach that I I've learned is that I, I want everybody to feel involved um, and a part of a, the team's success. Um, you know, and have some ownership with that. Um, so it's just going to be continuing to, um, you know, figure out everybody's roles and, and uh, you know, in our identity, which I feel like, you know, has carried over from last year. I mean, we know we're going to be a tough physical team um, that's going to play hard. There was one play last night where there was a loose ball and we had four guys dive on it. Um, you know, so that's that, I was, that was a really proud moment for me last night as a coach, seeing four guys dive on a ball and be so passionate and spirited. Um, about it, so you know we'll continue to move in that way. Give me an idea. You know, you you practice with these guys, and you know them, and then you start the season at Air Force and then at Santa Barbara, and you're two and zero. Did you see two and zero coming, or is there a little bit of hey, I don't know what we're going to be until I can see it when we get onto the court? No, I I, I actually saw it coming. Um, you know, I, I again going back to our staff. I, our staff has put in a lot of work with our players, and I've seen a lot of improvement uh, individually from our players. And uh, you know, I, like our team is very connected. Um, you know, I I told the told the guys this last night. I stole a uh, quote from Tori Lavello, the Diamondbacks manager. Uh, connected team is a very dangerous team. And so we've been talking about that ever since I heard him say that. And uh, you know, I like our guys. They hang out off the floor. They go to dinner together. Um, you know, every meal, they all turn in their phones, and we, we don't have to say anything. They do it on their own. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really exciting group to be around. And, and uh, you know, we'll just continue taking one day at a time and keep moving forward. And, um, but we've been practicing well. 
you know, we've, we've had some really good practices and, and competitive because we've got a lot of depth. And, and uh, so everybody's got to be on their toes every single day. Yeah, depth, a good good issue to have. Uh, that game was neck and neck until maybe early in the second half, and you guys kind of got a little bit of separation. And then I was really impressed that you just kind of held it. You know, they made a little run late, but you just kind of held that lead. And it, it felt like, you know, that's a marker of a veteran team, is it not? Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's that's one thing, you know, uh, we've been talking about, too, is that it, we are an older team. Um, you know, we've got a lot of experience, but, you know, that, that doesn't really mean anything until you get in that situation and you show your experience. And last night they totally did. Santa Barbara went on a run, and we were able to sustain it and didn't break. And, uh, you know, because basketball is a game of runs and people are going to go on runs. But um, our guys, the experience came out last night, um, which was really exciting to see. You forced 18 turnovers. Is that you guys, or was Santa Barbara sloppy? Uh, you know, I, I think that's part of our identity, right? Um, we're going to be scrappy, we're going to be tough, and we're going to get after it. Um, you know, we're going to play passionate, we're going to play spirited, and uh, like I said, we're going to dive on the floor, we're going to take charges. I think we tried to take probably like five or six charges last night. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, we're part of our deal is, is we're going to try and create turnovers and and, and play hard and be active and be everywhere. Again, I, I, I think that not only can people relate to our players, but they can also relate to our style because we're, we're just a tough blue-collar team, um, you know, that's going to work hard. Big Sky Conference, give us an idea of the strength of this conference. I'm kind of looking around. It's hard to tell this early. Northern Colorado's 2-0. and You guys are undefeated. You got, you know, obviously the Montana schools, you'll think about them when you do, but, you know, who do you have circled right now on the calendar or the schedule, or or how, what do you make of the conference strength as a whole? I mean, our conference is very very good. Um, last year it was it was really competitive, and there was a lot of really good teams, and it's the same way this year too. I mean, you know, honestly, like early in, in uh, non conference play, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes because just of the variety of opponents that everybody's playing. Um, but you know, we know when, once conference play starts, it's it's going to be knocked down, drag out, and, and uh, you know, there's some really good coaches in the league and there's some really good talent, and, um, you know, and then, of course, it's it's hard to travel and win on the road. So uh, it'll be a very interesting conference season, and we're excited for it, though. Eastern Washington, Montana State uh, finished, uh, you know, uh, at the top of the conference last year. Portland State looking to make a dent in that. All right, I really, hey, congrats to you, Jace. I wanted to bring you on. Take a victory lap. I know you guys you know, probably enjoyed the trip back, but you know, how soon do you tell the guys, "Hey, the moment was nice, but you know, it's time to get back to work." Uh, we we always uh, will feel the emotion of a win or a loss that night, but the next day when we wake up, it's over. Um, you know, we move on. So, uh, you know, we know we got a game Sunday at home, our home opener against Linfield, and so when we woke up this morning, even though uh, it was a great win last night, we knew we needed it was time to turn the page. So. Um, we're focused on Linfield for Sunday, and, and uh, we know they just played Oregon State, and, and uh, it'll be a good game. So, uh, you know, we'd really appreciate everybody's support. We know and understand that, that we need to win games to get people to come out and play a certain way and, and uh, be really good people, and, and uh, hopefully the city can get behind us and support us, and, and uh, we'll get this thing rolling. Yeah, you got Linfield on Sunday at the Viking Pavilion, 2 o'clock tip on Sunday. Uh, before I let you go, your president, the Portland State president, and Cud, did the video with the football team. 
she seems to get it, Coach. I mean, like, she <laughs> seems to understand sports. And I think the whole athletic department's got to be a little bit excited about what that, that could be. No no doubt. There's definitely a pep in everybody's step, and, and uh, we're all really excited for her to be here. And, yeah, that video was awesome. Um, you know, so it was it was great to see and great to know that, you know, that we have support behind us through, you know, our president and, uh, you know, our athletic director, John Johnson, and it just goes on and on and on um, about the support that we have at Portland State, and, and uh, we're excited to get everything rolling. You got K.J. Allen from Last Chance U on the roster. I know Anna and I watched that show, and she's fascinated by what happened to all the players, and, you know, is K.J., like, do we need some cameras? Do we need to do a documentary? Get him fired up? <laughs> I, I mean, he's a man child. I know that when that when that ball goes up, that dude's a man child. So he's uh, he's a great person. He's really fun to be around. Um, he's got a great smile. I, he's really happy here. I'm not trying to speak for him, but yeah. uh, I could just tell he's really happy here, and uh, we're really happy to have him. And he's a great teammate. And, uh, the guys laugh because they all think he's the most famous guy that we've ever had. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's he's awesome. I mean, and you know, and to be honest, like he's very very humble. Um, you know, and with oh, I don't know all his Instagram followers or whatever. I mean, you know, a guy like that could could have an ego, but the dude is really humble, and uh, I've enjoyed coaching him every single day. Are you guys going to be a lot of fun? I look forward to seeing what you do with the season. Uh, Jace Coburn, Portland State coach. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, there they go. Two and zero. Lightning in a bottle. Do we need to have him on after every win? Just keep the streak, keep the karma. Do we need to do that? Um, well, if we do, we'll have. If we have to do it, we'll do it. All right, uh, Stephen and I coming up. We're going to talk about uh, the uh, Pac-12 weekend and the NFL weekend. Where's the action this weekend? The five at five is still ahead. We'll lock in our picks in the 5 o'clock hour for the Pac-12 games as well. Leave it here. Sometimes I think there's uh, there's a thing as being too smart for your own good. I read a story today about a Stanford University uh, neurobiologist uh, who has uh, studied the human brain and primates, and he's done this for like 40 years, and he, he came to the conclusion that he believes that virtually all human behavior is beyond your conscious control meaning like you don't say to yourself Stephen, you don't say to your heart beat 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 you don't say that right like you don't do that do you no i don't not that i know of all right but this guy's whole thing is like he's at stanford i don't know why i find this to be such a waste (laughs) because he's at stanford he's obviously blessed as a uh neuroscientist with a uh Big, healthy brain. And I can think of a variety of things that I would want him to dive into. You know, how about fourth down tendencies and head coaches and impulse control in the heat of the game? Like, can we uh, successfully predict how Jonathan Smith or Dan Lanning might react in a fourth and one situation late in a game by watching them play blackjack in the offseason? Like, somebody get a neuroscientist on that thing, all right? I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm sitting forward in my seat on that one. But this guy's whole study is like, hey, to me where it goes too far is it kind of absolves everybody of doing, like if you did something wrong in your life, you go, oh, it's just out of my con- conscious control. You know, I was driving drunk. I couldn't help it. You know, like 
I uh, veered out of my lane and ran over a cyclist. I couldn't help it. Um, I think I believe in free will. Do you not like you know? Don't some degree of free will? You know, it's it's just interesting. I I read this story and I don't know. I, at the end of it, I thought, gosh, man, got really smart guy, and he's really saying that like uh, he's written a book about it, by the way. So he's really saying that there's a lot out of our control, which just to me feels like eh. I'm going to give everybody a pass. On that note, um, what's not out of your control is that these Pac-12 games and these NFL games will kick off this weekend. I want to look at this, Stephen. Uh, where will your eyes be? Let's start with Saturday in college football because I, I, I'm going to talk about this maybe a little bit later. I'll go dive, you know, dive deeper into Michigan and Jim Harbaugh and whatnot, but I got to see how Michigan shows up to play against Penn State. I got to see how. Oregon shows up against USC, and I need to know that Oregon State's going to show up. And Washington, Utah, my eyes will be there as well. Where will your eyes be on Saturday? Yeah, I agree with you. The Penn State-Michigan game is fascinating. The Harwa thing adds a whole new wrinkle to it. So I do want to check that out. And luckily it's early. It's the 9 o'clock kickoff, so uh, you'll be able to watch that. But in, in the Pac-12, it's the USC-Oregon game, John. I think I think nobody is picking USC. And I understand why they're not picking them, but they're not even picking them to come close. And I think that might be a mistake. I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than what you know what we're all thinking is going to be. Contrarian. Contrarian. I'm, and I love it. I love I you know I love being on that island. I love being on the island of uh, I'm the only one thinking that way. So um, you know I, I just I you know the Oregon defense has been good, but have they really been tested in the secondary? I don't think that they have. The one game that they were tested was against Washington. They were fine, but they weren't great in that game. I think Caleb Williams is going to test that secondary a little bit. In Oregon, they're going to have to pass that test. And, you know, it's going to be by far uh, the toughest game since that Washington game. You know, that's really only the game you can compare it to offensively. So we'll see how that Oregon defense really steps up uh, on Saturday. So I'm really I'm really intrigued to see how that defense holds up because, it's, you know, this is the thing. You know, Lanning's a defensive guy. It was bad last season. Oregon wants to take that next step to the college football playoff. They have to be elite on defense, and they've been elite so far. But the one test they had, they lost that game. Can they uh, play better against the USC team that will throw the ball down the field? Going to Sunday, the Niners in Jacksonville. I need to know if the Niners can get right. They'll play there. It's an early game, 10 a.m. game on the West Coast. The Niners, who've lost three straight, go to Jacksonville. That's a 6-2 and Jacksonville team. I've been surprised that the Niners... You know, haven't looked great on offense, but they haven't looked good on defense in in a couple of weeks. So I'm my eyes are on that game, that Jacksonville game. Beyond that, um, you know, there's a little bit of a uh, some curiosity that I have with Cleveland and Baltimore. That's a sneaky good game. Baltimore's been really good. Can Cleveland, who has a really good pass rush, can they give uh, can they give them problems there? And then. The Sunday night game. I mean, the Jets are going to Vegas. Can the can the Raiders keep this going? Uh, that's where my eyes will be. How about you? Uh, yeah, th- those games. But I also am intrigued by the Texans Bengals game. Bengals have been playing really well. Joe Burrow seems to be 100 percent healthy. Uh, but the Houston Texans CJ Stroud. I don't know if you saw what he did last week, John. You know, 400 plus yards, the most passing yards ever in a single game for a rookie last week. You know, 460, I believe, somewhere around there. Five touchdowns, no picks. CJ Stroud looks like the real deal go against the Bengals team who is definitely on a roll. And then the Monday night game, the Broncos taking on the Bills. I mean, the Bills have been really bad, and the Broncos are coming off the win against the Chiefs, had a bye week. I kind of think the Broncos might be sneaky good the second half of the season. Maybe I'm crazy on this one. Maybe I'm taking crazy pills. 
But I can see the Broncos winning this game. I, I just, I'm not buying into Buffalo this season. They've been really yeah, bad. bad. And I think offensively, Buffalo's not very good. Defensively, Denver's pretty solid. Russell Wilson's been okay. I think the Broncos might be in for a little run here in the second half, and I think it might start on Monday night. Uh-oh. You're making a prediction. Yeah. I'm there it is. That, take that's the money that's where our eyes will be on the weekend. The five at fives coming up top of the hour. I do a lot of reading. I also read a uh, story, by the way, not just the neuroscientist guy, but read a story about AI. Do you know what singularity is? Have you heard of this concept, singularity? No. Okay, it's the moment where AI is no longer under human control, where it basically goes on its own. Scary. That, it's like every scary movie involving AI has singularity at the core of it. I, I didn't know what singularity was either until I read that story today. But uh, but um, everybody is in this race to speed up and grow AI. So I read this story today saying that um, that moment where AI is no longer under human control, they now predict that it's less than a decade away. They're saying 2031, maybe even sooner. And then the story was like, are you ready? And I was like, to what? End up in a zoo when AI takes over and they put humans in a, in a zoo somewhere? They go, this is what humans were like when they used to roam and dominate the earth. I don't know. It's kind of a scary concept. Does, does it freak you out at all a little bit? I mean, I try no because I try not to think about it. Like I, I'm just again, I'm just gonna give in. If it happens, it happens. What am I gonna do? I can't fight these robots. I can't fight yeah. the AI. They're gonna beat me up. And, you know, put me in in a cage. So, um, I I, I kind of into the fact that like AI and technology, there's still so much untapped potential that we haven't done with like you know done with it yet. Like. It can be crazy, and it could be world-changing. We're so far away from what it actually could do. It is a little frightening when you think about it. You go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I, I am uh, I am reading all of this stuff. That's, that tells you how I am consumed with uh, AI and, and neuroscience and other things. All right, coming up, we have the 5 at 5 at the top of the hour. Stephen's going to prepare the five biggest stories that are going on in sports um, if you are just tuning in and you're just waking up from a coma, Jim Harbaugh has been sanctioned. Michigan's been sanctioned, I guess, by the Big Ten Conference, causing a lot of controversy and a lot of uh, discussion in college athletics about the reach of the Big Ten. What are they doing? Are they overstepping? What is Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, doing as the Big Ten Conference has sanctioned Michigan and Jim Harbaugh suspended for uh, three games he will not be allowed to be on the sideline for the remainder of the regular season during games. He can coach his team when he's not on the sideline. It's a ridiculous kind of thing. Either he's coaching or he's not, or he's loud and he's not allowed. Like you know, This is a really weird decision by the Big Ten Conference. They're claiming that it's a violation. They're citing a violation of the sportsmanship um, segment of their bylaws saying that uh, what Michigan has done is violated sportsmanship. Now, they have to feel like they're on pretty solid ground to do that, but I fully expect that there's going to be some kind of temporary restraining order uh, that will be issued in the 11th hour. And I love how they did it. You know, see what they did there? They waited on the East Coast till it was like, you know, almost quitting time on the East Coast on a holiday weekend. Like, Michigan couldn't scramble and get into a court, get a judge to issue a restraining order or an injunction. And so uh, it appears as though tomorrow Michigan will be without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline for the game at Penn State. It's almost like a movie. And uh, so as you uh, 
go into your weekend, think about what Michigan will do. Now, what happens if Michigan loses, and then later it's determined that the Big Ten was operating outside the bounds of its authority? Uh, or if does Michigan pull together and rally and just go on a torrential win streak? I don't know. But it's like, uh, I'm going we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.